and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So five weeks ago, a little over five weeks ago, I had a heart scare, right? That's fun. 46 years old in an ambulance, that's, that's not something you think about. It was, it was terrifying for me, honestly. And I was, I was nervous. A lot of emotion running through my brain. I look out the ambulance and see my wife kind of stand there with tears in her eyes. And I got a little teary eyed laying in the ambulance thinking, I mean, cause you don't know, I mean, I don't, I didn't feel like I was dying. But when you're, when you're being told you, you might be having a heart attack, it's like, all right, I'm not sure what's exactly happening here. And this message was birthed out of that time. This was birthed out of this last 30 days. I want to tell you a story this morning before this story has absolutely nothing to do with my message, but it's just kind of funny. And uh, I want to share this story with you today. How many parents we have in the room? Parents in the room? Um, how many know your kids listen to you, right? How many of you have ever had your kids use your words against you? So we've got Malik, our seven-year-old, and Malik... Um, I've told you Malik thinks the, he is the axis upon which the world spins. I've told you guys that about him. He thinks he is all that in a bag of chips. He thinks, you know, he thinks everybody should bow at his feet. And he thinks he's pretty special. We, we think he's pretty special too. We love him. But Malik uh, has this tendency to complain and be negative and speak negative at times. And so Tosh has really been working on him. That your tongue holds the power of life and death, bud. Everything you say, life and death, life and death, life and death. And so we just keep saying that to him. And then he'll say something and Tosh will go, was that life or death? It was death, you know? It's like, all right, we want to speak life. Well, the other day we were in the car, we were driving somewhere. And uh, Tasha was speaking about one of our sports teams that we like. And uh, she was like, they're going to get killed. They're just not playing very good. They're just not going to, you know, they're not going to do very good. And Malik's in the back of the seat and goes, life and death, mom. Life and death. <laughs> How many know your kids will use your words against you? Life and death. Hey, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. This is a key verse for the year. This is a key verse for this series. Last few weeks, last few months, we've talked to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a spirit-filled church, and we believe if the power of the Holy Spirit is not present and active and alive in the room, that, uh, that uh, God can't do what He wants to do. We need the Holy Spirit. Last few weeks, our staff did an incredible job of talking to you about the fact that we need to be a tight-knit biblical community. Today, I want to start a new series for you, and we'll get to the name of that in just a minute, but let's just pick it up in verse 44. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another what they had. And out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. 
Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. I want you to look back at verse 45. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. In just a moment, we're going to look at verse 47. But if we want to see people saved and become a part of the kingdom of God, I think the Holy Spirit is essential. I think the church needs to be a tight-knit biblical community, not a gossiping, backbiting community. Can somebody say amen to that? And I think we need to be generous. I think the church needs to be known by their generosity. Verse 47, again, it says, they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And I want you to notice, Tasha talked about premises before promises at our, at our freedom conference this weekend, but I want you to notice there's some things that happened here before it says people were saved. They were generous. The Holy Spirit fell. They were in community. I believe there's things that need to happen in the body of Christ for people to experience Jesus. And what we see happening is when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit, as they became a community and as they became generous, God shows up. And I love the end of verse 47. It says, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life in Christ. When the body of Christ becomes generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure, as one of our core values tells us, I believe the world takes notice. And one of the things we want to happen here at Destiny Church is we want the world to take notice. Not of us. Lord, help us if they only notice us. If all the world does is notice us, then they are in for some trouble. We want the world to notice Jesus in us. We want the world to notice Jesus in our church. And when they notice Jesus in the church, in the body of Christ, I believe people's lives are changed. And that's what we want. That's what we desire. And that's what we need. And the New Testament church modeled this. Jesus was evident in the church. They were generous. They weren't gossiping. They were full of the Holy Spirit and people kept saying, I want to be a part of that group of people. And if we want people to come to church, come to know who Jesus is, I think generosity is a key. And so today we're kicking off a series that we're calling We Are Generous. And let me just say right from the beginning, we're going to talk about money. And we're going to talk about tithing. And the body of Christ needs to hear this message. We've avoided this message all too often in the body of Christ because we don't want to upset people. We don't want people to think that we're only after your money. And I can tell you we're not after your money. But I will say this to you. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke about money more than anything else except the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about money more than love. Jesus spoke about money more than hell. Jesus spoke about money more than heaven. I would say those are pretty important subjects in the body of Christ. And we don't mind dealing with love. We all like to talk about God is love. We all like to talk about heaven. We don't really like to talk about hell too much. But we don't like to talk about money. But Jesus deals with money. And so in this series, we're going to talk about money. And we're going to do it in a life-giving way. And we're not going to condemn you. And listen to me. If you never give, we're going to love you just as much as the biggest giver in this church. Okay? 
but I want you to be blessed. And I believe we're blessed when we release our hands and give back to God what he's given to us. I do. I believe that. But today, I don't want to talk to you about money. I want to talk with you about time. And very specifically, I want to ask you this question. Are you being generous with your time? I don't know if you guys know this, but none of us in this room have more than 24 hours a day. None of us. I know you try to find more, but you can't cheat time. You can't cheat space. No matter how bad you might try, you can't cheat it because there's this thing that we all have called humanity. And we can't cheat time. We can't cheat space. We can't do any of that. We all have time constraints and we wrestle with that. And as I kind of said at the beginning of this message, at the end of September, I had a little bit of a heart scare. And that's kind of what built this message. And I said it, but 46 years old in an ambulance is not really a fun place to find yourself. And I was told after that ambulance ride and a little over 24 hours in the hospital that I had to take the next month off. And so that's what we did. That's what my wife made me do, made me stop, made me slow down. So I took some time off over the last 30 days, the last five weeks to heal and to make some changes. And I spent 30 days without preaching a message. For 30 days, I didn't study for a sermon. For 30 days, I had no church strategy. For 30 days, I wasn't able to talk about vision. I tried one time and Tasha and Jason caught the text and said, what are you doing? What's this lunch you're trying to have about? And I'm like, uh, nothing, I'll cancel it. You know? For 30 days, I didn't make one social media post about the church. For 30 days, I didn't talk about finances of the church once. For 30 days, I didn't attend a staff meeting. None of that. Just literally fully busy on a Thursday and by a Friday, nothing. For 27 years, I've ran pretty hard doing ministry. 46, I've been doing it since I was 19. And then for 30 days, nothing. And it caused me to realize that for 27 years, I've been very generous with my time to the church. I've been very generous with my time to the body of Christ. I've been very generous with my time over the last 16 years to Destiny Church. I've been very generous with my time and my energy to a fault. It's what I think about all day long. It's what I go to sleep thinking about. It's what I wake up thinking about. It's what I drive down the road thinking about. Sadly, I go on dates with my wife and I think about the church. It consumes me. And yes, God has called me to this. I'm not denying that. It's my ministry. It's my job. It's my calling and preaching and serving others and loving the body of Christ. That's my purpose. And sometimes I think I'm halfway decent at it. But I'm wrestling 
But I, before, I, I just want to stop and pause with that. But did you know that each of you in this room, whether you work at Amazon or Mercy or Republic Schools or the City of Republic or whether you are self-employed or a stay-at-home parent or whether you are a student or whether you're in the military or whether you're right now trying to find yourself, all of us are called to be generous with our time and our talent and our treasure to the body of Christ. All of us are called to serve. All of us are called to make a difference. We're called to advance the kingdom of God and push back the gates of hell. And we do that oftentimes by being generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And that is necessary for all of us in this room to be generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure to the body of Christ. But today I'm not here to talk with you about being generous with your time, your talent, and your treasure towards this church. I'm here to ask you a question. And I want to ask you this question today. What's robbing you of time? Even more specific, what's keeping you from being generous with your time and what's consuming your energy? Again, this is not a message about serving at Destiny Church. It's not at all. It goes much beyond that. I've started explaining how this message was birthed inside of me, but let me take you even a little deeper. As I said, the last 30 some days, I've had a lot of time to reflect. I've spent a lot of time alone, spent a lot of time in the deer woods. And let me just tell you, that's not a bad place to be. But I've realized in these last 30 days, I've become out of balance. Ministry and Destiny Church have consumed me. They've controlled everything. Just kind of let you in, just kind of expose my soul, my freedom group that um, we just finished freedom conference. It was incredible. If you didn't go through freedom, we're going to launch it again in February. And I'm just telling you, you have to be there. All right. But I had a special freedom group this time and we had eight of us men, nine of us counting myself. And we went through this freedom group and, uh, Man, I had guys in my group that were just exposing their souls and saying, this is where I am. And so I thought, why not join the party? Because the Bible tells us if we confess to the Lord, we receive forgiveness. But if we confess to others, we receive healing. And so I just opened up my soul and said, here I am, fellas. And I've realized over the past 30 days that for the past 27 years that I've been in ministry, but very specifically the last 16 years at the Destiny Church, I never feel like I do enough. I never feel like I measure enough. I've never for the last 16 years felt like I accomplished enough at this church. I always feel like I have to perform. I always feel like I'm on a stage as a puppet performing for people. And I walk away feeling defeated and feel like I didn't perform good enough. Ministry and this church has dictated my moods. What's happening in this church was telling me if I was gonna have a good day, or a bad day. Ministry in this church has dictated my pace. It's dictated my schedule and it's controlled my relationships. And over the past 30 days and very specifically the past week, and I'll even talk about that in just a moment, I've realized that I've made Destiny Church and my calling here as your pastor, listen to me, I've made it more important than my personal relationship with Jesus. But even more than that, I've made it more important than my family. You see, I've made ministry 
and this church, the thing with I, which I give my most time to and my best energy to. And then I go home and I give my family my leftovers. And sadly, that's the opposite of how it should be. It should be in this order, God first and my relationship with Jesus. And then you kind of see this little circle. I talk about this circle in my freedom group, but it should be God. And then the next one you think should be something else. But no, we're talking spiritually here. I'm not saying the second one is self, not to be selfish, but if I can't take care of myself spiritually, how can I take care of my wife? And then many of us get it out of balance and we put our kids there. No, if you're married, your spouse is above your kids. And then it's my kids, and then it's my family and my friends, and then it's for all of us. That's how it should be for every single one of us. If we're married, it's all that. If we have kids, it's all that. If we're not married, get rid of the wife and kids. Just move on out of there. (laughs) But I mean, but that's how it should flow. And then it should be about our jobs, our careers, our calling, and those things. And then everything else. Matthew 6.33 tells us if we put him first and everything else second, everything else will be added to us. But we get this so out of whack. And sadly, the things that should be getting my best time and my best energy are getting my leftover time and my leftover energy, which many days, as I said, isn't much. I want you to hear me. Destiny Church, you are important. And as a pastor, what God has called me to do is important. And our staff, you are important. You are a high calling. We have a high responsibility in pastoring you, your kids, our online audience. It is a great and high calling, and we don't take that responsibility lightly. I want you to hear me. I'm not throwing up on any of that. I'm just telling you what the Lord's been doing in me because I think he wants to start doing the same thing in all of you. My greatest ministry, Tasha's greatest ministry, Pastor Jason's greatest ministry, Pastor Steve's greatest ministry, Des, anybody on our team, their greatest ministry, their greatest calling, don't throw stuff at me and don't boo me off the stage, but it's not you. What? You're my pastor. No, my greatest calling is not you. My greatest calling is him. And then my greatest calling is that woman back there. And then my kids. But you see, we get it so out of balance. And we prioritize so many things over what he's called us to. And we give our best time and our best energy to things he's not asking us to give our best time and best energy to. And we're giving leftovers. Let me just tell you, let me just be honest with you. The things that consume me concerning Destiny Church are not your pains. Your problems don't like weigh me down. Your hurts, your good days, your bad days, when you call me, that's not the things that burden me. In fact, when you come to me with a burden or a pain, I want to be there for you because I love you. I care for you deeply. So that's not what consumes me. Here's what consumes me. It's not you. It's the business side. It's our finances. Are we going to make enough money? Going to be able to pay all the bills and do everything that God's called us to do? And say, Pastor, you should never worry about that. Every pastor in America right now is worrying about that. But I'm going to. I'm just going to just again, just kind of exposing the soul here because I'm 
I just want, I want to be done with all this. And I just want to love God and love my family and love the body of Christ. That's really it, you know? But what consumes me is thinking about who's left the church. What consumes me is who hasn't come back since COVID and how's the condition of their soul. I'll tell you, I, I can, one thing that consumes me is who's talking bad about me this week. I know none of you have ever talked bad about me. Thank you, but I promise you guys I'm going somewhere with all of this, but I want you to see this is what the Lord has been kind of digging up in me and he exposed some things in me and I'm going to give you some help and healing here in just a moment for yourselves as well. But I, I think there's a lot of you that can relate to this, maybe not in ministry, but you have a lot of things that consume your mind, your time, your energy. I can literally lose myself for days on end strategizing for Destiny Church. I can lose myself for days on end trying to figure out new ways to please people. I can lose myself for new way. Uh, for, I, I can lose myself and get anxious thinking, are we doing enough to disciple people? Are, are we making a difference? I get lost in my mind, just being honest with you, looking at all my failings and my shortcomings as a pastor. Because can I just tell you, there's quite a few. I think about, are we doing enough in this city? Are we loving the widow, the orphan, the sinner enough? And all that consumes me and I dwell on it and I get lost in it and I think about it. And I put that above my relationship with the Lord and I put that above my relationship with my family. And as a result, I have very little energy and I lose valuable time for the stuff that really matters. And I want to tell you today, and this is where I want to start talking to you guys. The enemy is very, very sneaky. And he does what he can to every single one of us in this room. Because here's what the enemy knows. He can't get me to stop serving the Lord, but he can distract me. And he's sneaky. And he does what he can to get us to invest time and energy into things that while they may be good and they may be necessary. Listen to me. Pastoring this church is good and it's necessary. and It's what God's called me to. But sometimes I can get so out of whack that I give more time to that than I do the stuff that really matters. Why? Because the enemy's ultimate goal for all of us is to steal from us, to kill us, and to destroy us. And Jesus wants to come and give us life. For the last few moments we have together today, what I want to do is I want to stop. I just, I used all of that to lay some groundwork. I'm going to stop talking about where I've been for the past 30 days. I want to start talking to you because I believe the Lord wants to begin to speak to some of you. I want to ask you guys a question. I want you to write this down. Ask yourself this question. What's keeping me from being generous with my time and energy in the areas of my life that I really need to be giving my time and energy to? What's keeping me from being generous with my time and my energy to the ones that really matter? What's robbing me? I think the Bible gives us an answer. Um, I think it points to an answer where we can find some hope and some healing. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. It's a story about uh, Jesus with Mary and Martha. And I want to read this story to you. And I want you to just begin to think about your life now. Okay? I want you to begin to think about what's robbing you of time and energy for things that really matter. And I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Chad, uh, my job consumes me, but I can't do anything about it. Well, I think you can. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. 
Let's look at it. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman named, uh, where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for our guests. Any of you ever been there? So she interrupted Jesus and said, hey, God, hey, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you think it's unfair that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? You need to tell her to get up and help me. Have you ever said that? Now, I want you to hear me and remember what I said earlier, and this is not a message about serving at Destiny Church, but I do want you to know all of us in the body of Christ are called to serve the local church, all of us. So listen to me, Martha is, I I think Martha sometimes gets a bad rap. Martha is not doing anything wrong in working hard for the Lord. In fact, it's good. When we work for the Lord, we want to give him our best. When we work for the Lord, we want to give him our best. We want to work hard. Colossians 3.23 won't be on the screen, but it says, whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Work hard. Give the Lord your best. Martha's problem wasn't that she was working hard for the Lord. Martha's problem was that she was becoming distracted while working hard for the Lord. Martha's problem wasn't Mary, her sister, who she was yelling at the Lord about. Martha's problem was that she was distracted in her serving and listened to me. And she started in her serving, in her working hard for the Lord, in her working hard for her family, in her hard, in her hard work trying to prepare the perfect environment in her house. She got distracted and she's now taking her eyes off of Jesus. I think it's okay. I think it's great when we serve the Lord with every Everything we have inside of us when we work hard for the body of Christ or when we work hard for others. But the problem is when working hard for others, we take our eyes off of Jesus, the enemy begins to pull us and that's exactly what he wants us to do. He wants you to get distracted while working hard for the Lord. You become jaded in your soul and you start getting mad and angry at people around you and you start yelling, God, make them do something to help me. When they're doing what's right you're the one that's got distracted hello and this has been my problem this is a problem for a lot of you listen to me the problem isn't that you work hard and try to be your best the problem isn't that you work hard and try to earn a good living for your family the problem isn't that you have a full-time job or even two jobs the problem isn't that you try to create the perfect home environment for your spouse and your kids the problem isn't that you go to school every parent said you're staying in school the problem isn't that you're trying to get good grades in school the problem isn't that you're trying to earn a scholarship in school the problem isn't that you serve at destiny church no the problem is we're becoming pulled in so many directions that we're becoming distracted and we're getting our eyes off of what really matters. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, so be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom for we're living in evil times. But listen at the end of this, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. So I want you to notice here what Jesus says to Martha in verse 41. I want you to hear the love with which he speaks to her. Martha, my beloved Martha. I want you to notice the Lord's not pointing a finger. He's not condemning her. He's speaking right to her. Listen to what he says. 
Why are you so upset and troubled and pulled away by all these distractions? I'm reminded here of Matthew chapter 11 when Jesus says, hey, come to me and rest for my yoke and my burden is light and it's easy. Listen to me, if you are struggling, if you are feeling burdened and weighed down, listen to me, that's not a burden from the Lord. The Lord's burden is not heavy. It's light. It's easy. And I think he's telling Martha, hey, you're right in serving. Here's what I, here's what I feel like the Lord's been telling my, my heart is we need to become a hybrid of Mary and Martha. We need to sit at his feet, but we also need to serve. But you see, if, we, if all we want to do is sit at his feet, we get distracted. If all we want to do is, is work hard, we get distracted. No, we need to be a blend. We can't just sit here and, oh, just feed me, just feed me. No, when we get fed, we feed others. But Martha's getting distracted, and the Lord's speaking to her, and he's telling her, hey, you're doing something that's good, but you're getting distracted. And I want you guys to ask yourself this question. Why don't you ask it right here, write this down. Why are you upset? And what's troubling you and pulling you away? But Pastor Chad, you just don't understand. We're really busy. We just graduated college and we got a new job. Pastor Chad, you don't understand. We just, we're launching a new business. We're trying to get it off the ground. Pastor Chad, you don't understand. I work a job and a half just trying to make ends meet for my family. Pastor Chad, you just don't understand. Not only do we both have full-time jobs, we punch the clock, we punch out, but as soon as we get home, we got to go to dance recital for one kid, soccer practice for another, football game for another, basketball game for another, underwater basket weaving for another. We got all this stuff that we got to do, Pastor Chad. You just don't understand that you're busy and I hear you. I get it. I understand. Been there, done that, bought 27 t-shirts at all the ball games we've been to. I get it. I get it. And I've allowed work to consume me and sports to consume me. In the past 10 days, in the middle of the deer woods, I had a come to Jesus meeting with Jesus himself. And I'm standing there by myself with a 15-foot-tall ladder stand trying to attach it to a tree. And it's pouring down rain. And every time I'd look up, rain's getting in my eyes. And I'm staggering through the woods like this. And I'm yelling at God. And I'm angry at Him because my heart's been hurting. And I'm angry at him because I'm out in the woods and I'm rushing and I was trying to beat the rain and he couldn't stop the rain for me for just a minute to put my stupid stand on a tree and I'm yelling. And again, confession. And I might have said a few words that I don't really like to say to the Lord. And afterwards I had a meeting with Jesus. He's like, Chad, you become so distracted and troubled and it's bubbling up inside of you. You've lost focus. I think this is where a lot of us find ourselves. Troubled in our souls because we're so busy and our schedules are so frenetic and so crazy and so hectic. And I realize there in the deer woods, angry at God, I realize that I'm failing. Not just as a pastor. I'm failing not just as a husband, but I've been failing as a son of God. 
I've been failing as a father. I've been failing as a friend because I've allowed the enemy to distract me with things that are good and worthy of some of my time, but I've not just been giving it some of my time. I've been giving it all of my time and energy. And I'm allowing it to distract me from what really matters. And I'm asking you today, what's robbing you of time and energy for the things that really matter? Is it your job? Is it social media? Did you know that the average American, listen to this from this book I'm reading. The average American spends 705 hours a year looking at social media. The average American spends 2,737 and a half hours watching television. Did you know that if you just stopped playing Candy Crush for 20 minutes, you could pray for every single one of your family members? Did you know that if you just would give 30 minutes a day of that TV time you've been doing, you could read the Bible through in a year? We don't have enough time. We're so busy. What's robbing you of time? Is it technology? Is it your hobbies? Is it your phone? Hello? Is it your hectic routines and your endless number of commitments? Is it everyday worries? What's distracting you? What's robbing you of time and energy? And let's pick up this story as we close in, Martha, in, in Luke chapter 41, Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Martha, Martha, again, why are you troubled? Why are you upset? Why are you pulled away? Listen to verse 42 here and we close. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at his feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. I want you to hear me. If you find yourself overly distracted and preoccupied with other things, Can I just tell you, if you're overly distracted and preoccupied with other things, you're always going to struggle to be generous with your time for the things that really matter. And let me just kind of give you some, let me just kind of give you some raw truth right here. If you're overly busy and don't have time to slow down and listen to the Lord, you're going to miss a moment with the Lord. If you're overly busy and you don't have time to slow down, you're going to miss a moment with one of your kids. And I'm just telling you, that's something the Lord has been showing me a lot lately. Because I, I sit in my, on my couch with this thing doing this a lot. Because I just have to respond to one more text. Hold on, bud. I'll talk to you in just a minute. Just one more email. Just one more social media post. And I missed a moment and I get up off the couch. And they're back to a video game. And I could have had a moment with my son. Or my wife needs a moment of my time to bear her soul. And I'm too busy. Or she just wants a moment of spending time with this hunk of a man. And I'm just too busy. Pop tarts and Dora, right? What's robbing you?
What's keeping you from spending time with the Lord? What's keeping you from spending time with your son, your daughter? What's keeping you from that? What's causing you to miss those moments? What's limiting you from being generous with your time, your talent, your treasure? What's limiting you? Because as I said at the beginning of this message, nobody, none of us in this room, we have more than 24 hours. None of us have more than 24 hours a day. So we're going to have to make some decisions. I want you to hear me. You simply can't read, see, touch, watch, be, do everything you want to be. You can't be everywhere you want to be. You can't go everywhere you want to be. Because not only do we have this thing of time problems, we have this space problem. Because listen to me, you can't be two, two places at once. So what we need to learn to do is say no to some things so we can say yes to the things that really matter. What really matters to you? For me, it's him and her, my three sons, my daughter, my son-in-law, my family, and my friends. What's robbing you of time? If you're here today, you say, Pastor Chad, and I'm like you. And I'm giving a lot of time to a lot of stuff, but I'm missing out on some of the most important things. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm missing out. Yeah, it's a lot of us, right? not a bad person not a bad person man we're missing out I want to read I want to read a section of this book to you and I want you to think about this and then I want to pray over you do you ever catch yourself with the sneaking suspicion that you wake up on your deathbed with this nagging sense that somehow in all your hurry and busyness and frenetic activity that you missed the most important thing? Like somehow you started a business but you ended a marriage? Like somehow you got your kid to their dream college but you never taught them the way of Jesus? You got letters after your last name you earn them the hard way, but you learn the hard way that intelligence is not the same as wisdom. You made a lot of money, but you never grew rich in the things that matter most, which ironically, the things that matter most aren't things at all. You watched 14 seasons of whatever it is, but you never learned to spend 14 minutes in prayer. Most of us waste horrible amounts of time. This book talks about, I told my boys, do you know the average man before the age of 21 spends 10,000 hours on video games? Simply so we can master Call of Duty. But if you would become... If you would give 10,000 hours to something else, 
you could get a master's degree and a PhD. What are you giving your time to? What are we giving our energy to? Here's my question for you as I close. Are you going back to that? Or are we going forward with a new direction? We're gonna change, right? What really matters? You think your kids, when you get older, are gonna say, Mom, Dad, thanks for the big house? Thanks for that toy that you always bought me. Thanks for that skateboard. Thanks for that Xbox. You think maybe when they get older, they're gonna look at you and maybe say, Thanks for the time. Thanks for teaching me about Jesus. And I know this is different and a different way of ending, but I just really feel like the Lord just is wanting to redeem our time so we can spend time on the things that really matter. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.